Welcome to Head to Table. It's the comedy podcast where two friends design a short form RPG and then play test it before your very ears. I'm Tom Rawson. And I am Tom Snowden. Uh, hey, Tom, how you doing? Pretty, pretty okay. Yeah, pretty okay. I went to a wedding at the weekend. It was a fun time. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. I mean, shout, out, I, shout out to the wedding guests that I tried to convert <laughs> to listening to our podcast. I assume you're all listening. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, as always, I'm loving the segment that you introduced of Tom and Tom's Game Nomicon. As we discuss RPGs, there's a lot of um, very specialist terminology that can be a bit uh, ostracizing to people that may not be initiated. So I thought. Like, like the word ostracizing. Oh, yes. It, it's very, you know, not helpful for ostriches, obviously, <laughs> who listen to the podcast. Um, so perhaps, Tom, you can explain to our audience the meaning of the term initiative. Ooh. Or initiative roles. Yeah, yeah. Initiative's an interesting one. It's um, So normally in a game, designers often divide up uh, the action of the game into into sort of... Hang on, let me, let me rewind. I'm going to do this again better. Ooh, yeah. Initiative's an interesting one. No, that's too, too much. Hang on. That's all right. You're worrying too much now. I'm going to keep this in now. <laughs> <laughs> It'll sound so funny when I say, ooh, yeah, initiative. That's an interesting one. <laughs> Oh, oh, as though I've only just heard it two seconds ago. <laughs> That's all right. Third time's the charm. Go on, take a run. Okay. Yes, initiative. Okay. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> all right. I'm not doing this. Right. Come on. Come on. Once more. Once more. Come on. I, I, I'll. I'll mute myself. Go. Okay. Initiative. Okay. Yeah. Um, so initiative is a little bit of an interesting one. Uh, so game design often has sort of action that occurs every day, uh, every day kind of life actions where you're where you're sort of. Hang on. This is not a good explanation. I'm going to need to start again. Why okay. is this going so badly? Right. Centering myself. Initiative. No, I can't explain it. It's impossible. <laughs> no, no one knows what initiative is. It's one of the no great quite mysteries. Sure. <laughs> Everyone makes on their own rules. Okay, initiative. So initiative is normally used as some kind of dice roll um, or or some other method by which to determine the order normally in in which things happen um in in the gameplay now it's a little bit weird because in most games like the especially the big one right the D, the kind of action is divided up into into sort of their everyday lives almost of the of the characters and then combat or or high stakes encounters and it's kind of separate um more rules heavy section of the game where where you roll the dice and you where where order has to matter um, so yeah, initiative is often used to determine when it's important, uh, what order things happen in, what order people are able to take their turns, declare what they're doing. Um, but it's interesting on its own in the sense that it's kind of a uh, a liminal space almost between playing one game and playing a very different game. I think in D anD D. Yeah, definitely. Yes, yeah, because I think yeah, in short, it's just about. Because all these RPGs, right, it's all about everyone just saying, I want to do this. This is what how I engage in the story. And sometimes when, like, everyone's shouting at the same time, it's basically like, right, that's it. We're making a rule where everyone has to take it in turns. Just <laughs> yeah. shut up for a minute. <laughs> and, like, some games don't do that as much. So the the Apocalypse World games, it's much more kind of just laissez-faire. Just 
you know, whoever whoever wants to, whatever makes sense in the fiction normally, or whoever wants to take the the reins, uh, does so. But but yeah, some games make it a lot more uh, formal, like like D anD D, and that's where you you get this you get this dice roll. Brilliant, Tom. Wow, you got it first time. That was a great description. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> okay, and Tom, uh, let's move on to the episode. So uh, I have an idea for today's episode, a theme to start off from. I'm going to start with like a general statement, and then I want to try and sort of sift it down to a more precise one. Uh, <laughs> wow, okay. Yeah, my, my basic idea... You've, you've thought this through. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll see, you'll see what I mean. My, my basic idea is um, a theme about children's toys basically mm. uh drawing on the likes of uh, toy story or winnie the pooh uh these games where you are the the, the toys of a child in some way and the reason okay. i talk about sifting it down is i think you can take like different approaches to this in either the toy story approach where you know the the what the, the, the idea that's too horrifying if you think about it too much um where the toys are all just their own independent living creatures and have their own abilities and stats and i can see how you could easily do a you know reskinning of an existing game to do that maybe the more interesting side to look at is things like winnie the pooh or calvin and Hobbes, where kind of the implication is they're not actually living things maybe but more just a projection of the child right and both I was of thinking, these things in the way like thinking about this both of these things are kind of horrifying yeah <laughs> like calvin Actually, and Hobbes is really true. tragic towards its you know well the whole so the notion at the end is just, a, just an imaginary imaginary figure. Yeah, and the idea of Chris Robin, just a boy who has no friends in the woods and has yeah. to play with his toys, it is a bit sad, really, isn't it? And um, then Toy Story is like, they just feign inanimacy for, for like yeah, which most makes of no their life. Use. Really weird. Like It's, it's one that when you first hear it, like, I bet when they pitched it at the booming, they were like, that's so great and inventive, we're going to make this film, I love it. But when like I stop and think about it too much, I'm like, how does any of this happen? Also, like... How do you define what, where a toy stops and starts? As in, what's the definition of whether you're allowed to have a soul or not? You know <laughs> I what think, I mean? Like, I think we might be in the, the wrong episode here, Tom. I yeah. think we might have reverted to Diogenes' dialectical death match. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Let's, let's not follow that lane of inquiry. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the, the reason that I'm perhaps slightly more interested to play with the idea of, you know, the, the child and the projection of his toys is I thought, well, in a way, like... The, isn't that quite interesting to do with a tabletop RPG? Because what this is, is it's one person sort of inventing a story in a world which these other people then sort of engage in. And I wonder if there's not some way we can sort of try and recreate something where like the GM, like the, the person in control of the story is, is the child in some way and they're kind of creating a fiction um, okay. which the characters can, can engage in. But I'm not sure. I so like so in, a, in, a, in a creepy, creepy way, you want to make the players into your toys your your playthings uh to, <laughs> to suffer your 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 strange uh capricious childhood fantasies i mean uh, yes <laughs> <laughs> well you say it like it's a like it's a bad thing yeah i just i kind of have too many visions of uh of like you know this kind of i'm trying to think of the names of some of these characters but you know the sort of puppet master figure uh yeah. turning turning men into your into your your puppets attaching strings to them and making them dance for your amusement yeah see you get it <laughs> right okay <laughs> and i know one idea that's really i'm coming back to is we both I think pitched this to a friend recently and that friend's like first 
next step was I see and, and the toys try to kill the child right <laughs> and at first I was like oh that's very fun that's very silly but the more I think about it I'm like you know there's something there and so like, the first game idea that if you're happy to maybe go along with this I'm envisioning a world where um, one player or perhaps the, the GM is this child who is living out some kind of their own narrative of uh, here's what I think is happening I'm playing in the woods with my toys oh lolly lolly la and maybe like the toys are actually like other psyches of this crazy child. Let's say you and me are playing the game right now. Uh, I'm the GM, I'm the child, and you are my toy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Well, I'm not sure okay is the right word, but I'm willing to go with it for now. As the player, as the toy, you have an objective. Perhaps something that's quite sinister and funny. Perhaps you want to rob a bank or something, right? Okay. You, you want me... The, 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 the child or, or the pair of us to rob a bank. I think that I'm exploring a spooky cave with my best pal, Mr. Fuzzykins. Okay, so so as a toy, I have the power to exert some kind of uh, some kind of hallucination over you that that leads you astray. In basically, I see this as like a regular way of doing like a a joint storytelling thing where yeah. we take it in turns to sort of interact with our own comprehension of the world. And as the GM, you kind of decide what each action in one idea of what's happening impacts the other one. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of uh, Everyone is John, the uh, the sort of short-form yes. mm. tabletop RPG where, where everyone plays a, a sort of facet of a, of a, of a, a man's psyche who has like a... Um, some kind of multiple personality disorder. Um, it's not. I don't know if this is the the best description of of the actual mental health, to be honest. But uh, <laughs> yeah. But but yeah. They in the in this game, you kind of vie for control of of the the man John uh, by sort of bidding bidding dice, I think. Um, and and you can use those to try and you try to achieve these these kind of neurotic goals that each uh, each personality has. Exactly that. Okay. So now we have to make the game. If, if you're interested, have I piqued your curiosity with this uh, consider me Consider me piqued. Marvellous. Uh, so I think, first of all, it might be nice to k- keep it that the players are doing most of the actual playing in some way. I know we're going to do like a, one, a one, one-to-one game later on, but imagine that I was a GM to a group of players. I would see it as that there are these group of players who have their decided at the start of the game what their objective is if you will we're going to rob a bank we're going to do this silly illegal thing essentially and then they can perform like most RPGs like taking turns to say what they want to do in some way or or go about doing this with sort of uh, perhaps skill rolls as such to see if things fail Um, and perhaps every now and then maybe it's every set number of rolls or maybe it's even like a literal timer that's running as well it flips back to the gm and they sort of interpret what's happened in their own like twisted vision of reality of what's happening like oh oh no oh no the bees are trying to sting me i've got to swat them away (laughs) that sort of thing and then after their sort of twist on the story it goes back again and perhaps it's added a complication in some way in what i've done what do you think of that Okay, so it really is the the ultimate childhood destruction game. The yes, aim here is to basically. sort of somehow I don't know groom or or manipulate a child into <laughs> terrible acts of violence or cruelty. Um, uh, yeah, I mean you make it sound bad. <laughs> okay, well yeah, no, I I think uh, I think I'm on board for yeah. for this horror. And uh, much like everyone is John, the, the game you mentioned previously. I think let's let's take it away more from like 
stats and skills and sort of, you know, really granular turn-based rules and maybe keep it more about just how the story is evolving. Yeah, I think what I, what I would like is maybe a notion of if you choose your, your toy, um, maybe you can sort of declare a certain number of of like pre-existing skills that that said toy yeah yeah that's yes i like that yeah like or like not skills but trade functions that this you know like advertised functions that this toy has Um, yes that's really good i really like that yeah at the start of the game everyone has to like give the goofy sort of uh tv advert version of like of how their toy will be presented (laughs) like it's new, uh, phony plony. Ah, uh, he can wiretap any phone in the vicinity. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was more thinking of things that were relevant to a toy, but I mean, I suppose if you want the, if you're phony baloney, then I guess. It's TikTok the bomb pony. My belly's stuffed with explosives. Right. You had very different toys to me, Tom. <laughs> you see what i'm saying i love your idea yeah of of pre-existing things that if you want to you can argue oh the difficulty is easier for me in this case because of yeah this pre-established ability in some way that's really good so Mm. how shall we then bring in this aspect i I think the the real fun here is going to be in deciding you know where the dice come into it how are we going to put some of the uh outcomes of attempts down to down to dice right is it just going to be as simple as uh, pass or fail, depending on some rules that we are yet to come up with, or can we do something more creative? I think I like the idea of, of sort of a middle middle ground uh, successes, so sort of mixed success and failures, where hmm. maybe the child starts to either see through your deception or, or just becomes bored a little bit, you know? like Maybe, <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah. like the mixed success is like always a thing where the child is kind of drifting away from the objective but, but <laughs> kind of is continuing in the same, the same vein um and yeah maybe, maybe something like fail mixed success and success uh is not a bad is not a bad shout to sort of hark back to certain apocalypse world yeah. style games that's good yeah like you get what you asked for but there is a, a complication in how the child perceives it in some way yeah exactly exactly yeah um, i like that definitely so is it simply gonna be those three ranges or can we even there's complete failure perhaps there's, there's four states uh where there's you know, whether or not you succeed or fail, and then whether or not the child essentially helps you or hinders you in some way as well. Okay. So like the worst outcome is not only have you failed, but the child has now, as a result of that failure, has misinterpreted what you want them to do and is now working in a way that is bad for you. Perhaps then the better one is that you failed what you wanted to do, but the child is like fully engaged in the, in the, the narrative you've, you've told for them. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe it's better to have two separate types of dice, yeah, uh, and have one that dictates uh, whether your action succeeds and fails, yeah. and then one that dictates the the reaction of the the child. Yeah, I agree. Maybe, yeah. in fact, maybe maybe the better way to do this is the GM rolls the ch- every time anything comes up, yeah, any moment. Yeah, yeah. The GM yeah. rolls the child dice, and the player has to simultaneously roll the toy dice yeah yeah the gm never dictates whether it whether what you wanted to happen passes or succeeds they just they it just is whether they are allowed to dictate what the child ends up moving towards next yeah i see that yeah so maybe maybe in the dm's narrative 
Uh, although DM is DM is not an appropriate term for for <laughs> toy game. <laughs> neither is child master. <laughs> like, nope, that's also very creepy. Um, I, just GM. Either way, GM will stick with them for now. To- toy, toy master, master or, yeah, of course. Which to- is the the toy store that was drummed out of business in the the mid nineties or something. I don't know because all of its toys were secretly evil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The great childhood crime wave of '97. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I remember it well. Hence, you know, why, why we're making this game now. I think it's, you know, finally there's been enough time that it's safe for us to talk about it in a, in a fun way. Yeah. So, child dice is is whether the action succeeds or fails. And oh, I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. Okay. So, the child dice. If the player succeeds, the player gets to narrate what happens uh, in terms of the action. Yes. Like what happens in the real world as a result of that action? Yes, yeah. If they fail, the GM gets to narrate what happens in the real world as part of that action. Yep. If the GM succeeds on their dice, they yep. get to narrate what happens within the within the the fiction, within the fictional world of yep. the the toy's imagination and like um uh and like the implications of that in the real world, like yep. what the what the child is doing in the real world, and if they fail, the player gets to narrate what happens in the the fictional world. Nice, uh, from the nice. Of the child as well. I'm thinking about that. There's four. There's four different states, and that's kind of two really different good. Parallel realities. Okay, I think I let's lock that in. I love it. Um, one other idea I have to sort. I think the most fun from this game that I can really perceive making it the best is like of all your players sort of fully engaging with the role as the toy and sort of like the special abilities of the toy in some way. So as an incentive to make players play to their toy, perhaps at the start of each game, the player sort of, as we say, declares like three features of their toy. And every time that you utilize one of those features, maybe in the game, you get to re-roll if you want on that action. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That makes sense. Um, yeah. And does the re-roll make both you and the GM re-roll that action, or does it make mm, maybe your choice? Okay. One or the other, or both. Yeah. Or both. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And maybe. Even, and maybe as well, what you could do is you could even write in like a. Mm. Now, I also wonder if there's some way that you can like encourage players to sort of accept the weaknesses that they have as toys as well like we're tiny we can't reach the bloody thing like maybe maybe that because i mean in a way this this is less gm and more 1v1 kind of just role-playing game it's like uh maybe maybe there's something that the gm has maybe the toy has like some some specific weakness to the child that the the gm can exploit in a certain way like i'm trying to find it hard to to imagine like exactly how how it would be but that i don't know like there's something about like children loving their toys right in a particular way or having yes. like some yeah, yeah some some cutesy name for it or or i don't know uh or playing with it in a particular way that it wasn't intended to be played with yes yeah like the, the start of toy story 3 example we see this you know, ridiculous world spub where the piggy bank is always like this this bond villain in some way i love the deal yeah, yeah as the toy you're like just about to finally like crack the safe when the child picks you up and is like starts flying yeah. you around or it launches you across the room or something <laughs> so yeah maybe maybe like the, the the gm gets a similar thing like they can choose to re-roll at certain points by essentially they have to describe how they've completely switched the narrative by by changing how they play with a toy in a significant way yeah yeah so maybe as a player you 
sort of declare your three three features of the toy, but also, yeah, you sort of have a brief sentence explaining the sort of games that the child plays with you. It's kind of interesting to imagine that, like, at the end of the game, was it more the fictional reality that ended up happening, or was it more the... <gasps> yeah, oh, that's so cool. Also, maybe at the start, maybe <laughs> the toys both... Here's what's great. Maybe the toy player sort of declares what their fun goal they're going to try and do is you know we're going to um sink the hms belfast i don't know <laughs> yeah maybe the toys want to sink the hms belfast but they also get to say what the chart what game the child is playing in their minds as well yeah okay so i think the reason the gm is a gm player and has like maybe more of an advantage than the the toy players is that really they're the ones choosing when a dice roll is made yeah in the sense that they're the ones saying like well does the child question this almost it's like that's the that's the kind of like the the call for a role is like is them saying i'm not sure the kid would do this uh let's roll and see whether he's fooled or she's fooled into into doing this next step of action so i think i think in the narrative yeah you you describe it as from the toys perspective what what, yeah. what happens the gm says like i don't know if the kid would do that and then you make a roll uh at that at that moment because the, the gm's like sort of called for a role um, yeah and then you basically describe what happened in both universes i guess yeah in the, yeah in the make-believe one where the toy did an action and then in the real world where the the child has committed some kind of <laughs> heinous crime i like it and perhaps it's just as like as an aid for gm sort of get them an idea of whether the child would or not how about the gm should always be playing to achieve a certain goal from the child's perspective if you know what i mean so while they're trying to sink the ship the players say at the start okay and the child is playing this game in their head so you do whatever yeah. you think in your version of reality would help you achieve that goal yeah okay so yeah so the so the players at the start describe what their toy toy's main advertised feature is yeah and uh, what their their overall aim is, their, their sort of their goal in the real world, which of course they have no access to, like directly. Yeah. yeah. What I like about this is it's weirdly mirrored and, and sort of symmetrical and symbiotic. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, yeah, then, and, like and then the, the child, yeah. the child at the start of the game describes um, what they like, what fun subversive game they play with the toy or like yeah something that is against the toy's original features or design like its original intended aim your your fire truck is actually a flying uh spaceship or something yeah so, yeah so so the kid describes what they use the toy for that's not marketed and then they also describe what game they want to play with the toy that day yeah which, of course, is the fantasy world that the, the toys kind of have almost some control over. Yeah. So the, the toys try to, like... Engineer you know, situations such that they yeah. never have to convince the child. Like, the child just does it in what they think the game is. Yeah, perfect. My favourite part about this is I like to now reimagine old episodes of Winnie the Pooh through this lens. <laughs> where like, when Pooh Bear's stuck and he's like, Oh, oh c- c- Christopher, Christopher oh, Robin. Oh, Oh, bother, Christopher Robin. <laughs> push me, help push me out, Christopher Robin. I can't do a very good poem impression. <laughs> yeah, oh, you bother. are. 
you are struggling there. I am curious what he's pushing out in reality. So in my head, I think it's like a prison break and Christopher Robin's in prison. He's like trying oh, to dig out like a God. tunnel. He's like, oh my God, Christopher Robin. You've just get- released seven mass murderers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. He's tunneling out to yeah, break into the sewers of a high security prison that Pooh Bear's been in contact with. <laughs> Very good. Now all my woodland friends can escape very good there is something inherently terrifying about this this (laughs) this whole game (laughs) so the idea is we've got these two narratives that are going on simultaneously and the players want to achieve their goal but the best way to do that is to engineer situations where it also works with what the child's doing yeah you want to uh to make sure you are simpatico and drag them along with you exactly now, whenever whenever a player wants to influence the world in some way, like with all these things in a tabletop game, I want to do this thing. Let's see if it happens. They roll a, should we say, d10 just just for the hell of it. Um, well, have we used too many? If we haven't, I feel like we've not given d8s much love. You're right, actually. Yeah, you, you know, you know, why, why should we? <laughs> it's it you know, says something Tom? that our main development. <laughs> this how is... we decide our rules. <laughs> what dice haven't I rolled in a while? <laughs> let's uh, let's say tonight is date night maybe, maybe <laughs> we actually maybe we should save the d8s for our inevitable romance simulating uh <gasps> game called d8 night oh my god i should god. save all of this material yes. for another episode tom that's you've just heard the very first ever like if you look if you listen back folks every episode is a secret hint to the next <laughs> to the next idea <laughs> that's a really good idea. okay well based on that then let's actually go back to d10s just because you've genuinely yeah, yeah. convinced me um so I think should we just say that uh, a six to ten is a success then? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's. Yeah. Let's just say maybe maybe it's just like if you're a nine or ten, like uh, you know, you can you can add an additional sort of flavor success on in the in the narrative beyond what you were just wanted to do. You can add on like a some kind of fictional bonus uh, or some addition to your to why the situation is even better than you thought it was. And I guess on on their critical success or whatever you want to call it they're they're nine or ten um the child gets to describe also something in the the fictional world uh that they can take as a as a a sort of asset or a boon in that in that world um that that continues to grant them some control over or or change the sort of fiction in a way that they can use later they can call on later uh, to add add to their dice that's brilliant. And then our, our very last thing as well, just to add a, a slight incentive for good role play. We said that uh, at the start of the game as well, each toy gets to announce three features of that toy. And if you do an action which somehow uses one of your features, you are we just saying you get to re-roll it? Uh, yeah, you get to choose to either re-roll your dice, the GM's dice, or both dice. Yeah, that's it. That's what we said. Tom. And then the, the GM has a re- similar symmetric one, uh, which is they, they describe something at the start of the game about the childhood toy, which is a way they play with it that's not its intended yeah. intended use uh, yeah. or, or, uh, or original kind of design for its fictional, fictional yeah. setting. That's perfect. Tom, I love it. All that we're missing is a name for our game. Oh, yeah. Uh, that should be Child's Play. <laughs> oh! No jokes. That's actually a very good contender for the game name. <laughs> but isn't that, also, isn't that also like a, a horror movie about like... Oh, yeah. A killer toy. Damn it. Yeah, okay. Um, Toys are PG. 
<laughs> toys are apostrophe. Toys are we. <laughs> yeah. Toys are PG is very. Toys are apostrophe PG is very. Basically, I only just got your joke, Tom. <laughs> At first, I was like, RPG? What is he? Oh, no, PG? What is in like parental guidance? I thought that was what you were doing at first. No, yeah, no, I was doing good I got if, it. You, if you lay it out and there was no space there where it would be. A- I got it. I'm sorry, I ruined your joke. I'll edit it so that it still sounds very good. <laughs> okay, thanks. It's okay, you can you can leave in you getting the joke 20 minutes. <laughs> oh, wait a minute, that's brilliant. Wait a second. <laughs> wait a minute, Tom. I, I think that your parental guidance joke wasn't as funny as you first thought. It, it's more, more funny even than you first thought. I like it. Okay. Are we looking at Toys R apostrophe PG? <laughs> yep. Okay. Is that how they spell Toys R Us? I don't know what they I'm, do with the. I, I mean, I'm pretty sure. I mean, they don't spell it anyway now. We. You're out of money. So, Toys backwards R with a star in it. PG. PG. <laughs> I love it. Okay then, Tom, let's head to table. Okay, and welcome back. It's time to play test Toys Are PG. Tom, uh, I will be your your GM and your sweet loving child uh, for this Aww. session. Uh, perhaps you could tell me. Uh, what you are, what my what my favourite toy is. Well, Tom, I've decided to go for a classic of of the age. Um, I'm going to be an Easy Bake Oven, <laughs> <laughs> a childhood toy oven, an Easy Bake. Uh, I don't know what now I was expecting. You're baking too. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. What are the feature? What are your three features of the Easy Bake Oven? So my, my three features will be recognisable to anyone who's familiar with the Easy Bake Oven. Firstly, fast baking treats for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Secondly, comes with a frosting pen. <laughs> <laughs> so you can easily frost anything you like. Very good. And then finally... I have batteries included. Brilliant. Oh, Tom, that is so good. I very much enjoy seeing how your features come into play. <laughs> and my aim as a, as this easy bake oven <laughs> is is to set fire to the school. Um, it's it's the summer holidays, Tom, so so everyone's out. Don't worry. Don't worry. I'm not I'm not a murderer. Just a terrible, terrible pyromaniac. <laughs> but we won't be coming back for the new school year. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, to to sort of uh, understand my psyche a bit better, uh, I am the the trapped soul of Anders Celsius, inventor of the <laughs> Celsius temperature scale in the the, the mid eighteenth century. Uh, driven mad by having inhabited this this same easy bake oven for the the past forty years. Uh, oh, nice. so good. So lame is to to see fire and destruction <laughs> spread. <laughs> That's brilliant. Okay, well, allow me to introduce myself as as your owner, as your as your child. I am Jessica, and I was gifted you Celsius, my Easy Bake Oven. But my personal narrative, the game I most like to play with you, Celsius, is is not to bake necessarily, but I like to use you as like a, a living, self aware prison cell that I put my other toys into. Oh. 
At least we're a horrifying pair, I guess. At least, at least I'm not so much corrupting a child as I'm just, I'm just leading an already, an already horribly violent child to, just to, to greater acts of violence. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I, I very much enjoy melting the other toys, Jessica. <laughs> Feed them to me in my, my tummy of melting. And I think the, uh, the, the game that I'm playing in my mind while you're trying to burn down the school is I am trying to, uh, I'm trying to infiltrate a, an evil wizard's tower to to melt his amulet inside my own personal Mount Doom. That's you, Celsius. <laughs> Very good. I will. I will be there. Uh, and then at the end, I'm sure giant eagles will carry your way <laughs> exactly. to safely. <laughs> okay then. So I think a good way to to do this so that I don't just. Uh, choose to begin the, in the boiler choose room to begin the in the yeah in the optimal location for uh, for the, blowing up the school in the old newspapers and petrol room <laughs> yeah um is is maybe for you to choose our starting physical location mm-hmm. uh, as long as it's not miles and miles away from the school it could be home or or the park or whatever um and i will choose a a like narrative fictional positioning for this this escapade to the wizard's tower yeah Okay, uh, in that case, I will choose the starting position as... I think it'll be at home. Yeah, I think it'll be at, just as simple as that, just in, in my bedroom, play with my toys. See, I think yeah, that part of the challenge is just getting me to leave home in the first place. Okay, so in that case, I think in the fiction, uh, one of the toys, probably a, a Gandalf-style action figure, will have approached you uh, and been, uh, and sort of be like... Jessica, <laughs> gaze out upon the windows. Look at the dark clouds that have been summoned. Oh, wow. <laughs> and you can see looming outside of your window, uh, flashing lightning and dark clouds broiling uh, above a scene uh, in, the, in, in the distance uh, over your school. And it seems to now have taken the form. You almost you can see it growing out of the ground to form up into a massive... Uh, terrifying-looking wizard's tower. Yeah. And uh, Gandalf, like, has stepped up onto the, the windowsill and is shaking his head uh, and is, like, looking at this this scene, surveying the whole thing. And I, the Easy Bake Oven is, is there as well, sort of gazing out. Uh, and Gandalf uh, says, Only you can stop this, Jessica. The madness has begun to spread. It is from the amulet of Zalthazar. Zalthazar. Your your greatest foe, your arch nemesis, Gandalf. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I I know you have not yet seen the movies, for they are too high a rating. <laughs> but we can imagine, Jessica. We can imagine. I bet that's what's happening. How do I destroy <laughs> the amulet, Gandalf? Uh, he points. Uh, he points to me, the Easy Bake Oven, and uh, my my flap opens up. <laughs> and <laughs> you must place the amulet in there. And I'm like. Feed me the amulet, Jessica. I will help you save the world. But first we must sneak past the terrible guardians that keep you in this place. Uh, And I am referring, of course... to your parents that patrol the hallways but uh but in the narrative in the rich narrative fiction they're a pair of uh, patrolling gargoyles in this your your prison where you have been kept I away say, from yes, the world stone watchers they never let me out <laughs> they only take me out to see the psychologist <laughs> 
Do not worry, Jessica. It is perfectly normal to melt toys within my stomach. Do not heed that charlatan's words. You're right, Gandalf, and this is why I don't melt you. Uh, are we making light of childhood, uh, you know, psychological problems here? <laughs> I, it's probably fine. Let's keep going. It's probably okay. <laughs> This probably isn't insensitive. Yeah, it's it's just a joke. Uh, Okay. Uh, Tom, what are you going to do? Tell me then, uh, you've set the stage, certainly, in my my fictional world. Tell me then what is happening. So I think I, I think I, uh, I think, you know, I just get you to put me under your arms, place the batteries in my, in my back flap uh, Mm -hmm. and, and make you sort of, crack open the door peek left and right to spot when your parents walk past uh and then and then sneak downstairs uh and there's a there's like an old large like dog flap in your back door that you're gonna you're gonna push through uh, yeah and and head out okay I, I i can't see any problems with that so far i guess um hmm i guess probably just a, just a perhaps a skill to to successfully successfully make it out onto the street without being caught in any way by my parents Okay. That's what roll I say a, is going to happen. Okay, I will roll a d10, and I guess you will too. Exactly. Okay, I got a six, which means that the reality positioning is is true. We end up outside uh, on the street. Uh, and yeah, it depends what you rolled as to whether that's... Uh, I roll a nine, which... Uh, uh, so that means we are out, and we have arrived uh, outside the fence into the school playground. Uh, okay uh, what would you like to do so i think i would like to hmm how can i get us away in so i think i think i uh i think i managed to like as a as a small easy bake oven i can fit through the 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 metal bars of this of this this fence which is sort of um just series of of uh, plate metal bars going around the, the outside of the school yeah um, and i can sneak through and on the other side there is a there is an electronic um gate panel designed for uh for opening the uh the like the gate to the road so that the cars can come in teachers cars and things yeah. if they have the right electric bleeper or whatever yeah um and i would like to um i i sort of remove from my from my back panel uh two wires um and i'm like uh I'll be back in a moment, Jessica. I just have to enter the Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I plug myself into the uh, into the uh, the control panel uh, and uh, and uh, and begin using my my very simple chipset to to override the uh, to override the gate's controls and swing it open. Okay, roll to do that for me. Okay, what what does this look like in the fictional reality? Oh, I'll tell you in a second. Okay. Um, I rolled a six, so I succeed. Very nice. Uh, and sure enough, I, I failed in my So what happens is, after you say, in The Matrix, I think Jessica just sort of like, <laughs> goes, The Matrix. And suddenly in the fantasy world, like the, the, the fantasy location, the wizard's tower all kind of disappears. And suddenly Jessica <laughs> is in like a long leather trench coat with sunglasses on. <laughs> And uh, you are also, uh, your, your, your sort of pink exterior is now like a, a glossy black instead. Uh, and sure and enough, I have an have, oversized pair of sunglasses exactly, somehow yeah. covering my... You, you've plugged yourself in and I'm like, you're right, Celsius. We have to destroy the mainframe inside the, the main server. And uh, sure enough, you, you, you 
managed to lower the uh, the firewall, which is quite literally a wall of green flame uh, surrounding mm. the uh, the central mainframe. Great. Green flame made up of zeros and ones. Exactly that, yeah. And sure enough, I, I slip on through, and we're uh, heading on down in to uh, towards the 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 mainframe. As you as you completely change the fiction, I guess Celsius just kind of like shrugs his oven shoulders, <laughs> and it's just like, I, I, I guess uh, it, it'll do. <laughs> so in the real world, Main, mainframes are pretty flammable, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you're inside the school grounds now uh you're outside the sort of uh stonewalled school building probably just outside on um you know the, the playground as it were what's your next move hmm, summer holidays okay. seems to be around yeah so i think i want to uh not having arms myself i think i'm going to try and convince jessica um to head around to a sort of uh, one of the the back buildings uh, it's kind of away from the main street not that visible um and uh en route pick up a brick uh, and throw it through <laughs> throw it through the window <laughs> okie dokie then R- rolled successfully smashed the window it's not from my arms though it's jessica's <laughs> arm so I think, yeah, I don't know. I, I, somehow... I think it's always good to just play it out as if you really are like a, a, a living <laughs> oven, do whatever you want. And like, you can like interpret that whichever way you want. But like, I think adults should never be like, constantly be like, what the fuck are talking oven? But yeah, just play <laughs> it as if that is the case. Okay, okay. Um, in which case, yeah, I think I, uh, I think I maybe have like a, I know that easy bake ovens don't necessarily have this, but I have like a, maybe a toaster element thing on top of me and I, I placed like a, a small flat rock shaped object <laughs> down in it, pull down my spring element, uh, and then tilt myself like a cannon towards the window, uh, and then and then launch this rock uh through through said window. Go for it. Um and I fail miserably. You see, like your toaster segment is just not big enough. You sort of ping this tiny pebble, it sort of like bounces off the uh the double glazing again. And uh Damn. and it's and meanwhile, <laughs> you look over and Jessica is now like standing, looking at some pigeons on the playground. She goes, oh no, robot drones! And she just seems to start like standing in the middle of the playground in slow motion going like, and, like slow-mo doing karate chops and dodges as like she just like runs around all these pigeons. Uh, and in her fa- fantasy vision, there are these like, ginormous uh drones of flying around her firing machine guns she's back flipping out of the way sort of karate chopping some of them out of the air but in reality she's just there <laughs> just sort of like jumping around all the pigeons in the playground what do you want to do um i think in yeah in reality what can i use to scare away a whole bunch of pigeons um i think that the what i spot uh, across the way where she is in the playground the uh there's like a, a a gym store, like a gym storage area um, that's been left open. Um, like for some reason, you see that like just the bolt was never locked. The uh, the sort of yellow locks never locked. Yeah. Um, so I head over to to that and shoulder it open, and sure enough, inside there is like a uh, a machine designed to to help tennis players work on their return <laughs> their return service like to fire tennis balls. So I. Uh, I like uh, I like I like wheel it a little bit to the door and start firing tennis balls to scare off all of the pigeons <laughs> into the into the playground. Um, okay, again, roll to, wiring myself roll to, to the successfully machine. scare off the pigeons. I I allow my batteries to be the batteries of this machine temporarily. Very well. Okay. 
Uh, I failed, but I'm going to use batteries included <laughs> to re-roll. <laughs> I did it! Hooray! Seven! <laughs> Very well. You successfully uh, scare off all the pigeons. You fire these tennis balls and shut up and... Uh, I turn and say, you did it, Celsius. You fought off the drones. You destroyed them all. Uh, then she's like, wait, uh-huh. there's a spy one. I succeeded on my roll. And she uh, just grabs this like cricket out of the grass. And she says, we've got to make him talk, Celsius. And I just shove this cricket inside of you <laughs> and slam oh, the door. I feel horribly violated. But I, nonetheless, I begin cooking. I say, tell me where the master program is. Tell me where we gotta go. And uh, uh, in, in the fictional narrative, this like tiny robot is like, I will never tell you anything. And in reality, a cricket just gets melted inside of you. Oh god. Okay. <laughs> well, at least you you know your your future treats will have a little bit more protein. <laughs> tell me what you would like to do now. Um. So I think I think given that this this uh, this gym room is is open um so in my head this is just like an external sort of shed if i'm right thinking yeah yeah yeah, yeah. with with like with like gym supplies yeah, for the, yeah. the athletics team and that the- yeah there's probably like some shot puts or stuff or like discuses and stuff or javelins yes perfect um i think i get a get a shot put and a lacrosse stick <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh use the principle of leverage to uh to <laughs> a, a shot put through a nearby window using uh using like I, I think i placed it up against a bench and then jump off the bench launching this uh using my weight as an easy back oven to, to launch this shot put across the yard that's through, very through good a window roll to do that uh i did it in fact i got a success a major success i got a nine fantastic so i think we agree that in some way you, you've gained some other asset that will be useful in some way then yeah okay uh which or perhaps prefer? you can say like you can you can go on and explain like another helpful thing has happened as a result of that action maybe yes so the 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 shot put flew through the window and just like through luck and happenstance uh it just happened to smash into the school's like main uh alarm system which had a critical fault that means it fails should this one panel <laughs> be be hit <laughs> and i just sort of like again shrug my shrug my easy bake shoulders and i'm like huh. that's so good. i also got an accessor here so what i think i see you fire the shot put and it smashes through the window and i'm like the shot put and suddenly my reality shifts and i'm standing at like the siege of a giant walled city and sure enough celsius <laughs> and you're in like a little sort of uh, medieval helmet and you've just launched like a, a trebuchet it's like bring down the city walls uh <laughs> and you're like we have to enter we have to storm the castle and i'm like yes yes celsius we've got to get inside the castle and 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 kill the evil vizier and i rush on in and i crawl in through the window i uh, you had to burn the castle to, never mind all right at least we're getting closer <laughs> and i i sort of hobble along afterwards and uh, head through the the smashed uh yeah window area okay you are in uh, the corridors there's sort of lines of lockers uh along here and there's this sort of eerie quiet that always comes with sort of you know places that are yeah. so n- normally heavily populated okay uh well in that case i think i want to I think maybe I want to hobble towards the cafeteria first and see if they have any like a uh, like gas canisters or anything uh, mm-hmm. that we can we can start to drag maybe towards I don't know I think maybe if I could drag those towards the computer room or something maybe it would be a good place to start a fire um 
or maybe like the de- like the, the sort of uh, you know the woodworking shop that might be a good place so yeah i'll i'll get us to try and take gas canisters from the cafeteria to the woodworking shop okay sure enough uh roll to see how successfully you manage to sort of wheel all these okay so we head into the cafeteria and start and unhooking them i did well again seven a seven so sure enough you successfully uh pull all these gas cans and you, you heave them into the woodworking shop uh <laughs> i have also ever gained a success so what i see happens i'm like oh good idea celsius we're we're and my reality shifts and suddenly i'm in like a merry tavern and there's like um people playing uh Lutes and many people sitting around and singing happily and i'm like you're right we've got to we've got to roll the beer up to the taps and i roll i think i then keep rolling out no. of the work and i'm rolling them down the no, corridors no, no. no you you don't want to drink that trust me no um and i think yeah sure enough i then yeah smash open like <laughs> the, the valve on top of one of them and it's just like leaking gas as i roll it down uh the halls Oh, and I'm like, huh, this think- is great, Celsius. We've got to feed all these patrons. Oh, God. Um, so I think I know that uh, that if this, if you die, um, <laughs> I, I cease to, I cease to exist. <laughs> so, so this having a gas leak throughout the corridors is not great for me. <laughs> um, I think what you've crashed through into uh, is the, is the science labs. Uh, and I'm like, uh, I'm like, aware that you're in this fantasy where uh like you're in this this tavern that you're running um and so i can see that in one corner of the science labs is a uh is a a sort of uh a physiology skeleton yeah um and so i i push up against it and start wheeling it out and i'm like i'm like i yell stop thief uh, <laughs> okay so you're trying to sort of like scare me is that it no, I'm trying to get you to chase the thief out of the out of oh, the, the room see. in the building. I see. So I, Very good. I start like pushing it down like a kind of like incline area that leads sort of towards a, a door. And at the same time, in the background, uh, I start uh, I start fussing with the uh, the the nearby like drawers where I know the 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 chemistry teacher keeps the matches for the Bunsen burners. <laughs> okay, roll successfully. Get me to, to chase after the thief. Then. Okay. Perfect. Uh, that is a fail at a two. I do not do that at all. I sort of, uh, instead, I look around and I see a skeleton there, a skeleton there and I Can say, I somehow improve my role by saying that just before I did it, uh, I used frosting to to paint on a very loose layer of skin to aid the believability <laughs> <laughs> with my included frosting pen? I'm going to say no. <laughs> Damn! But congrats for, for a great argument nonetheless. I, I just turn around and say, ah, spooky skeleton! And uh, my reality shifts and suddenly I'm wearing like a fedora with whip in hand as I am an Indiana Jones type figure and I kick the skeleton and it rolls out the room and I slam the door shut and I'm like, skeletons everywhere! And I uh, I sort of get a chair and I like jam it under the, under the, the, the door handle to keep myself in. Um, mm. and, I said, and the room is filling with gas <laughs> exactly from that. these canisters. And I'm like, it's so dark in this in this spooky cave, Celsius. We we need to find a torch of some kind. And uh, I think I like <laughs> I snap off like a bench leg, uh, and I'm and I'm <laughs> wrapping it in like I, I think I, I've yeah torn off like a strip of my jumper, and I'm like wrapping it around the uh, the chair leg, and I'm looking for for something to light it with. <laughs> oh God. Um... 
Jesus, how do I get you out of this room? Um, so I think I will go over to the geology display and uh, and uh, start pushing like a big pile of rocks <laughs> and be like and be like, no time, Jessica, and look. And I, I look, I sort of like motion for her to look up as these rocks start rolling across the the surfaces, and I'm like uh, a rolly boulder. <laughs> Very good. Okay, so you uh, roll into it to successfully scare me out of the room, I suppose. Yeah. Um, do I have anything that is going to help with this situation? No, I failed again. Well, I feel like this game is about to end. I, I don't. I I don't succeed. Um, so although I don't leave the room, I do put down the torch, and I'm like, oh, I'm I'm getting really sleepy, Celsius. And suddenly, I'm like, um, this uh, this this princess figure trapped in a in the top of a tower, and, and a witch has just put a cast on me that I have to sleep for a thousand years. And I think I'm just gonna. Close my eyes for a bit, I think, Celsius, and have a little sleep. Which, given the room is filling with gas, is probably not a great sign. <laughs> um, I say, if I only think, there was a way to break the curse, Celsius. Yeah. Um, okay, okay. I will uh, retrieve one of the uh, the frogs that was like has been has been pre-killed uh ready for dissection next week <laughs> yeah for the uh the dissection thing Back at time, and i'm yeah. like a, yeah and i'm like uh i'm like oh, d- don't worry jessica this is a, a prince a, a single kiss will rouse you from your slumber <laughs> and i i sort of wheel back with this this <laughs> this frog that i kind of like smoosh into your face this is just this dead frog i think that's good i, I i'm not gonna need a roll for that i think that's a really good idea i think i'm just like oh you're right. The curse is broken, my prince. And I and I I grab the frog and I sort of dance around with it a bit. And then I'm like, "Or is he a spy?" And I throw him inside my jail cell friend Celsius. And I'm like, "We'll interrogate him later, <laughs> Celsius. We've got to get out of this tower." And I think I like uh, pull up the window and uh, I sort of get time to let down my hair. And I pull down one of the blinds and I like pull it out the window, but then just get out of the very simple first story. <laughs> window yeah. and, I, and i jump on down i'm like jump celsius i'll catch you and suddenly my mind shifts sure and we're at a circus and you're on top of like a, a performing pillar and i'm standing below you with like one of those sort of circular you know trapeze nets okay jessica get ready for the fireworks and uh behind <laughs> me i uh i i light this match which i set fire to the uh the blinds which you were just tugging at um like which there's a bit of air around here from the window so it's not going to set fire immediately um and i i you know let let the let the thing go and then leap out uh and hopefully uh land in jessica's arm just as the uh the room above like bursts its windows um and and yeah the fire starts in the uh in the the school sure enough, in, in in the fantasy world you come leaping and the crowd of the circus cheers and hoorays as the fantastic fabulous jessica and celsius performing act once again delivers a 10 out of 10 circus performance uh and fireworks explode out everywhere let's see if i escape in in one piece yeah maybe. oh yes that's true actually yeah <laughs> roll to successfully okay. get down that's a good good way to end it uh I do, but only just a six. Sure enough, you 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 just in time, but I think perhaps like 
the side of the oven gets gets scorched badly. Uh, and sure enough, the, the room explodes and Jessica sort of falls back as the you know the glass of the windows blasts out as well, uh, and the entire school goes up in an almighty blaze. Um, I'm not even sure there's any fire alarms left to sort of, of go off. So, <laughs> the shot put the shot put took out all of the fire, like everything. In the school. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just every. <laughs> and sure, I think the camera pans out. And it's like this this fire starts to spread throughout the building, and sure enough, Jessica just looks and goes, "We did it, Celsius. We destroyed the Matrix or the Wizard or the Curse." We. We got all of them fuckers, Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> we we finally showed them who's boss. Yeah! And I hug my oven tight. <laughs> and sure, I think it ends with us, like, disappearing back out the, the gates again, running away just before, like, the fire engines start to show up. <laughs> Tom, that was Toys R PG. <laughs> what did you think? So I thought it was a lot of fun, but if you'll excuse the pun, our idea was definitely a little half-baked. Yeah, yeah, I think there's um I think it got better as we sort of understood more how to play it as we went we went through it. Because I think it uh yeah, I think it's tricky to sort of it's tricky to know how to uh Yeah, like where where to draw the line of what you can and can't do and like how much say you can have on the narrative. Uh, yeah, like when exactly you need to pass control, I think is the Exactly, the, yeah. The really important thing. So yes, yeah, shoring up those rules would be would be pretty good. I think the general idea is really cool. I like the idea of a uh, of yeah, the sort of this fictional reality that the the child is within. It would be good if the the child has like like they can try and achieve their aim in like a different in a different way almost. So that it can be more, it can be more competitive. Mm, yeah, I see what you're saying. I don't know. I, think I don't it, know. It's I, I like it's frustrating because I feel that definitely within this, there's a really fun party game in there somewhere that like yeah. leads to like a lot of silly fun. But I agree, like it's a bit hard to just work out. I think if anything, it's actually although it was really cool having our two realities idea, I think it made it a bit difficult to tell the story. Yeah. Yeah. So a good idea, but we definitely need to think a lot hard about how we want to do that. Yeah, I think it was fun for us. Uh, it's not a game at the moment. I would necessarily it's, recommend everyone I mean, goes out and It's uh, also not tries. really a game. So you're like, so what are the rules? Uh, well, you both tell a weird story together, and sometimes you roll a ten-sided die for a for a binary decision. <laughs> but but it, but it could be it could be quite good if it's like if if you can get it right to be more like a, a like like competitive stories like competing narratives. Um, but but yeah, I don't know. I just don't know. Yeah, we just didn't get that quite. That's we didn't get quite what I was hoping for from that. Yeah, um, I definitely agree. But hey, it was still fun to play around with. But I agree. This is the first time I think we officially like have to declare this. Uh, we need to say almost like you know Mythbusters, where they're like myth busted. We have to be like game shit. <laughs> yeah, we have to send it like uh, maybe maybe we say that uh, this game has to go back to the drawing board. Oh, or, you know, like yeah, exactly, it has to, yeah. Or, I don't know, l- leave the table somehow. <laughs> we need some context in which we leave the table. Yeah, like, exactly. Oh, flip the yeah. table. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Tom, I'm flipping the table on this one. It's a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Well, damn, we we finally failed. Well, that's just about all we have time for then on Head to Table. Uh, we hope you've had a great time hearing us just about make a game that doesn't function and then uh, live out some bizarre pyromaniac fantasies. Mm, yeah, of Anders Celsius, inventor of the Celsius uh, temperature scale. 
when people ask you, oh, so what podcast are you into? This might not be the one you admit to have most listened most recently. You probably get some slightly peculiar uh, eyebrow raise. Uh, but nonetheless, thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you've liked what you heard, then give us a follow on Twitter or a like on Facebook and tell some friends about it. That'd be nice. Uh, and thanks also to the band Call Me Malcolm for use of their music for our intro, middle tro and outro, <laughs> which you will hear shortly. Uh, you can uh, check them out at uh, callmemalcolm.bandcamp.com. Uh, and yeah, I think that's us for another week. I think so. We'll be back again this time next week. Thank you very much for listening. I've been Tom Rawson. And I've been Tom Snowden. Bye, everyone. Cheerio. Cheerio.